Lonely Monk Productions. I don't know if y'all have heard J.D. McPherson's Christmas album, Socks, yet, but yo! That's my joy! joy. Hey, yo, displace the guilt. What's good, friends and family, neighbors, near and far? Welcome to an all-new episode of the Yo, That's My John podcast. The podcast, website, brand, movement, way of life dedicated to the embrace and championing of your passions. I'm your host, Nate Runkle, a.k.a. John We Now Are Gay Apparel, a.k.a. Nate 3.0. Back at it again with yet another episode of the podcast. As always, I hope this podcast finds you all in good health and in good spirits. On today's episode, I am joined by Charlie Hall, who you may know as the drummer for the band The War on Drugs. He's here to talk about the phenomenal Philly special Christmas album that he arranged and produced, and that conversation is coming up in a minute. But first, guys, happy holidays! I hope this season has been a kind one to you. And I hope you enjoyed that last episode we just did with James and DX Ferris with us talking about Christmas music. I had such a great time kicking it with my homies. And in case you missed it, we uploaded two playlists of Christmas music to coincide with that episode. One for all of the favorites that we listed and a second playlist of every other song that we mentioned during the podcast. It's a Christmas delight. And you can find both of those playlists in that episode post on the website at www.yothatsmyjohn.com. But speaking of Christmas playlists, to accompany this episode, I am dropping a brand new playlist of Christmas music by former guests of our show. Featuring G. Love, Nicole Atkins, Pawn Shop Roses, Clover, Pearl Charles, Wallace, Leah Meneker, Jason Ager, The Tisberries, Don McCluskey, and now The Silver Ages. And guys, that Tisberries track is actually a two-for-one in the guest department, as it was co-written by Ben Arnold. It's a ho-ho, whole lot of awesome to soundtrack your holiday season. You can find a link to it in the show notes and on all of the socials. You're following the socials, right? I don't have to tell you to follow at Yo That's My John on all the social media accounts, do I? Because you're already following at Yo That's My John. Of course you are. And you're signed up on the mailing list, right? No need to tell you to go to www.yothatsmyjohn.com and sign up on the email list. Because, guys, you've done that already, I'm sure. Look, I love Christmas music, and I got some more for you to check out. So here's a few tracks that have hit my ears that I know you will love. First, Brian Lambert, who is the other half of the Star Crumbles with my pal and former guest Mark Schuster. He released a beautiful track this month called All I Want for Christmas is a Brand New Start. Check that out. Sadie Dupuis put on her Sad 13 hat and takes down year-end lists and streaming wrap-ups in the glorious track Wrapped. It fucking rocks and philly snap infraction has this fantastic cover of the beach boys holiday classic little saint nick and all of those songs would make a perfect addition to your christmas playlist so links for all of those will also be included in the show notes all right time for a short break but when we come back my interview with charlie hall 
This coming Friday, December 23rd at 8 p.m., join me on Facebook.com slash Yo That's My John for the third annual ukulele sing-along. Twas the John Before Christmas 3. It's me, a ukulele, and a spirited holiday sing-along. Will I take requests? Sure, if I know them. Will I be in my basement talking to a handful of people on the internet while I sing some Christmas favorites? You bet. So join me, 8 p.m., on Facebook. All the cool kids are doing it, even all the cool reindeer. But, you know, not the cool snowmen and snow ladies. They're kind of still holding a grudge. Well, how was I supposed to know that snow people melt if they drink hot cocoa? Right. Friday, December 23rd, 8 p.m., facebook.com slash yo that's my john twas the john before christmas three my guest today is a drummer singer songwriter and multi-instrumentalist who is best known for his role in the grammy award-winning band the war on drugs he has played with such acts as Windsor for the Derby, Tommy Guerrero, Jens Lechman, and is the founder of the Silver Ages, a close harmony vocal group composed of Philly indie rock musicians. Most recently, he has put on his producer hat and alongside Connor Barwin has produced the instant classic Philly Special Christmas, a seven-song Christmas album performed by Jason Kelsey, Jordan Mailata, and Lane Johnson of the Philadelphia Eagles. The the album features appearances by Philly legends such as the Hooters, Marshall Allen, Lady Alma, and more, and it has sold out three vinyl pressings on pre-sales alone. The album is set to be released on streaming services on December 23rd, with proceeds going to the Children's Crisis Treatment Center of Philadelphia and other area charities. Folks, it is my honor to welcome to the show, Charlie Hall. Intro, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I am joined today by the great Charlie Hall. Charlie, thank you for joining me on Yo, That's My John. Ah, uh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, dig into um, just your past and and this uh, Christmas project and all. But first, I got to ask. Uh, you know, doing my research, I come across some really crazy things, oh, and God. I saw that there's I saw that there's this other Charlie Hall who's like a uh, worship music singer or something yes, like that. Yes, there is. Have you guys ever collaborated? You know, it's funny. We haven't, but we our orbits finally ne- nearly collided um, when uh, there's uh, this this electronics company that I work with, and they called Walrus Audio, and they also um, have a relationship with him, and so it's like. You know, one time when I when I called my guy to talk about you know reverbs or something, uh, he had like just been on the phone with Charlie Hall, and I was it was just, it's like this whole thing. So now I'm like I'm the other Charlie Hall. That's great. And uh, uh, yeah, I you know, and I'm also yeah, it's like a whole thing. I'm about to release a solo record for the first time, and I'm like I was sort of like. Should I like reach out to this guy to like make sure that's cool that I use my name? And then I'm like, what? That's crazy. Like, of course it's okay if I use my name, you know? I think yeah. he's like not 
putting music out as much anymore. So whatever. But yeah, there is definitely like, I remember I, like one of my professors from college one time called me like after I graduated, he's like, Hey, I saw that, you know, I saw a flyer for the amazing Charlie Hall band. I was like, I would never call my band the amazing Charlie Hall band. Just, I think we both know that. But, it's yeah. awesome. Anyway, there's we've been, a, uh, we've been, you know, coming it, close, but n- never have we intersected. And I'm, I'm pretty sure we won't. Pretty sure. Yeah. There's a, uh, there's another Nate Runkle and he's a bass player, uh, for a band called Randy Burke and the prisoners. And I've always wanted, like we're Facebook friends. He sent me a friend request and what am I going to deny myself? Um, but, uh, but I always wow. wanted to like lay something down and have him play bass on it and just like make it look so like I played you guys everything. have communicated. No, we're literally yeah. just Facebook friends. That's it. <laughs> like, it was just like an ad hey. and like, yeah, it's interesting. But, uh, every once in a while <laughs> I'll get tagged in one of his performances and I hope that sometimes he gets tagged in like mine or the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of wonder how this is all going to play out. Like, I I sort of try to stay as removed from the internet as I can. So you know, like in terms of like social media and stuff and tagging and all that. Like, I'm 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 not sure exactly what I'm setting myself up for by <laughs> you know being uh, being out there with a uh, an evangelical uh, dude. <laughs> Also, there's another Charlie Hall, uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus, and uh, Brad Hall's son. Oh no, kidding! Uh, is a basketball player. Was a basketball player at Northwestern, and now he's like sort of gotten into the into the biz. That's wild. So, so there, that's another Charlie Hall. It's it's uh, floating it's around. A, it's a super group. You could put a super group together. Uh, I think <laughs> Charlie so, Halls. Uh, yeah. So I think the um, I think the only thing you might actually bump into is um, Spotify is usually pretty good at splitting um, artists correctly, but I noticed that title is terrible with it. So, uh, keep an eye on that, uh, when you do these. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Do you use, uh, do you use title? I do. Um, during the great, uh, Spotify dust up of 2022, uh-huh. I made the switch finally. You, you so. made a migration. Yeah. Yeah. I like it a Are lot. You- um, because I also DJ and, um, Serato has a functionality that will allow you to spin off of title. So um, oh, that's I'm cool. never I'm never caught out there with a do you have no I don't you know <laughs> that's cool is there is there a noticeable um, audio quality difference or is that like do you need like a half a million dollar sound system to I think to I think you need a sound system plus I have like I have the the basic plan there's there they have like a hi-fi plan which um, I didn't dig into um, just because I have, that, I mean that I'm does higher res files. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I haven't I haven't gotten into it yet, but it's definitely it's it's something down the line that I want to check out. But I, I can notice the difference um, when I DJ when one of their tracks comes through because uh, um, it's a lot clearer than some of the MP3 and wave rips that I have of other songs and stuff like that. Right. Is there a record that you just always keep in your bag no matter what? Um, it, well, my own, my own stuff, but I mean, that's just like, uh, that's the, that's just the ego that, that forces right, me right. to, you know, <laughs> but, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where did, where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in, um, mostly in Connecticut, born in Providence, Rhode Island, grew up in Connecticut, sort of, uh, suburbs of New York city type of thing, you know, um, went to college in Virginia. And then, um, 
my wife and I moved to uh, San Francisco, like right after graduation. And then was there until I came to Philly in uh, 2003. It's been almost 20 years in Philly. So I feel like at some point, I don't know, I don't know what it takes, but I'm hoping to be like, you know, granted Philadelphia citizenship. Oh, I, I, I think you've definitely Philadelphia, whatever. Yeah. I I definitely think you've earned it by this point. Um, (laughs) 20 years you were, you were here, uh, in, in the growth of everything that I think is really finally coming to fruition, um, with this great city of ours. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and you've played a part in it as well. So yeah, 100% are you a Philadelphian? You, you, you wear that badge. Um, when you. you were, when you were growing up, like, uh, what, what kind of music was playing around the house? Well, the yeah, I, I guess you know my I had had older brother and sister, and so it was you know kind of whatever was maybe like nine years ahead of what I might have been listening to at the time. So like when I was three and four, my brother was like into that like seventies middle school boy stuff, you know, like Kiss and classic rock. So I got really into like kiss when i was really young you know and that was like a thing um you know the who the stones sergeant peppers i remember being one of my earliest probably musical memories would be like sergeant peppers and maybe like james taylor's greatest hits you know (laughs) yeah and and like and then you know all my brother's stuff you know rolling stones hot rocks and the who who's next all the kiss stuff Kiss solo albums, you know, whatever. But then that turned into like, you know, then then he got really into s- sort of like WLIR kind of new wave stuff. Like he was really into Pretenders and Talking Heads and REM. Um, and so I kind of followed along there. And then when he, when my brother went away to college, I was in like fourth grade. And then I kind of got into my own, like, like U2 became my own band you know like that was like my first deep obsession that was my own i guess yeah you know and then and then it was like pink floyd and then it was the dead and those were like those were my bands yeah what 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 was it about you two that grabbed you you know, I, I think it's like still the same thing that I love now. I, I, I wouldn't, I mean, I think at the time, you know, it was like, so at the time, you know, war was out and, 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 and you, on MTV, you would see like footage from the, from the Red Rocks, you know, they like, they always play Sunday, bloody Sunday from Red Rocks. And, you know, it's just like, I don't know, it's like something hard to explain. And then, well, then like, I think for me, it was like, then when Unforgettable Fire came out, it was just like, so, so ethereal. And like, it was still that like huge anthemic U2 thing, but it was also so sounded so like from another planet kind of, you know, which in hindsight, you know, was like the Eno Lanois influence on, on, what was already there, you know, with Edge and his his delay stuff, and 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 just you know, sort of like really sparse, but um, really just kind of cool. And so that was that was kind of like I don't know. That was a that was a it's still it. I still love I still love the band, you know. Um, and um, 
I don't know, sort of like in a, in a way, like was sort of a natural like shift into like really getting into Pink Floyd too. So I sort of love love that band for the, some of the same reasons, you know. Yeah, um, obviously like very different music and different band, but I think that I was attracted to like the sort of uh, very dreamlike kind of cinematic uh, element. Yeah, that's son- um, that sonic palette. That there definitely is like some kind of like uh, cousin, like they're kind yeah. of cousins of each other. You know, not directly related, but they're definitely yeah. in the same blood. Right. Yeah. Like rhythmically, very different, but um, I mean, different in so many ways. But yeah. So so yeah, that was kind of. Um, I guess that was like my. That was both my geographic path and my my musical path i guess and then you know so that like led you know the dead and that led to like getting into miles davis and stuff like that and then like into like ecm records and which uh, again i think is is totally related i think it's i like was attracted to the same thing about the whole ecm universe you know which is like that um kind of uh i don't know if you would call it Norwegian or German or whatever that European kind of like uh, recording um, sensibility and this sort of music that was like slightly uncategorizable. I guess you call it jazz, but not really. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so when when did when did any of this inspire you to make music or play music? Were you did you take any like lessons or stuff in school or? I mean, I started playing music when you know right away when I was like three or four you know my grandmother bought me one of those muppet show drum sets you know and yeah. like it was like a real drum set kind of like like a small real you know like a little tin drum set with like paper with like little rims but you know they were real drums i i uh i i it's like one of my biggest regrets is that i got rid of that you know i got like a real drum set when i was in kindergarten or first grade um I got my first set of Ludwigs. And so those, my Muppet show drums went the way of the Dodo. I mean, I know exactly where they went, but you know, it would be hard to go back and do forensics on, uh, trying to find, uh, this little toy drum set in some landfill in Wilton, Connecticut somewhere. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, uh, so I, I played drums all, you know, all throughout my life, but then I, you know, there was a piano in the house and nobody played it. So, I started monkeying around on that and I found a guitar under my brother's bed, which he didn't play. So I was like, well, I'll just learn how to play that. And, uh, I think, I don't know, there was just, there were instruments around, but nobody was like pushing them on me, you know, like, yeah. and unfortunately in a way, cause I, I, I wish I had, you know, been forced to take lessons, you know, my mom signed me up for piano lessons with like the, the church organist when I was like 10. And I had, you know, I had snuck off and bought this like Doors songbook at a garage sale and like brought it in on my first lesson. I was like, I want to learn this. You know, he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like you got to learn to walk first. I was like, well, yeah, I really just want to, I really just want to play, you know, the Doors. Yeah. So, yeah, you you, uh, you trying to jump right into uh, Ray Manzarek's <laughs> yeah, left hand? Was, sure. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, let's let's start with when the Saints go marching in. I was like, this is boring. Yeah. Um, well, but you know, you know taught myself chords and 
certainly took a lot of music classes, you know, I mean, I studied music in college. It's not like I didn't take, you know, lessons in some form, but I never have been like an instrument. You know, I never was like an instrumentalist, like studying hardcore, taking, taking lessons. I, I studied music, like music theory and music history and, um, arranging and stuff like that, conducting. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting you say that because um, I, I taught myself how to play guitar. Um, I used to work for a, a small music shop um, in Lansdale, Pennsylvania, called George, uh, uh, Stewart's Music, which was like my uh, birthplace essentially. Um, but that was your local, I, like when you're like growing up, that's where you went to. Yeah, and then yeah. you got a job so, there. Well, so he, um, yeah, he would give guitar lessons in the back, and I worked the front of house. And while oh, he was man, teaching people. Awesome. While he was teaching people, Mary had a little lamb in the back. I was teaching myself how to play over the hills and far away out front. So yeah, like, you were. It's kind of this. It's the same thing, you know. Like I just tried to bypass all of it, and I guess it worked out. I mean, I'm not a great guitar player, but I still, I still play. I still write. I still get out there. So like, it, I mean, it, it worked. <laughs> over the hills and far away is one of the milestones. You know what I mean? That's yeah. like that's like step three in, in your uh, your guitar. You know, exactly, exactly, you and it. and the and the reason that song specifically is, I still remember the story. I don't know if I ever told it on this podcast or not, but this guy and this girl came in, and it was when I was like very early in my learning how to play guitar, and anybody who could play guitar was like a hero to me. And this guy asked to see the twelve string that we kept behind the uh, behind the register, uh, and I handed it to him, and he started playing over the hills from far away, and I was just like dumbfounded that a human could do it, you know, yeah, like in front of yeah. me, and and his girlfriend was like, "Hey, you sounded a." Little little rusty and i was like ready to fight for him like no you get out of here right now he's a genius but so that's why i became obsessed with that song but (laughs) well i was obsessed with that song too i think it probably was uh, a a gross oversight to not mention led zeppelin when going through my sort of steps of uh important musical uh you know history yeah 100 percent um, so when you, when you were like, um, playing around and stuff, were, were you playing with, with other people like in high school? Like, did you have high school? Yeah. Yeah. Or? I mean, it's starting in like, you know, I went to a school that was like kindergarten through 12. And so in a way that was kind of cool because it, it allowed the opportunity to kind of like connect with people that might, there were, maybe there's more of an age gap. And so like, for example, like, you know, being like, playing drums in fifth grade, like while there weren't that many kids in my grade that played instruments, there were like kids at the high school that were playing. And so I was like in bands with, you know, high schoolers and stuff like that. And so every year there, there would be a, a variety show. And that was kind of like really like framed my, framed my years. Like year after year, just like, what band am I going to put together? What songs are we going to play? You know, like who's going to be in the band? You know, I think I've always loved putting projects together because I'm just, I never really thought about this until now, but just because like my whole life was kind of like revolved around, all right, like what, what, what band am I going to assemble this year to play at the, the battle of the bands, you know? And it was just so much fun. Then you spend the whole, fall and spring like learning your five tunes or whatever and then you go and you play and it's great and then whatever next year you maybe it's the same band maybe it's a maybe it's a new band and you know whatever so i i I think i've always just loved that uh adventure yeah absolutely like uh i i I, it's 
it's one of those crazy things of like it's it's hard to explain to people who don't make music but like like playing in a band just feels good doesn't it like just like kind of getting on the same page and communicating sonically to me is like one of the mm-hmm. most amazing th- especially when it clicks like that moment when it clicks for the first time when you like everybody's nailing their stuff and you're like looking around and you're just so so totally in tune like that's that's one of my favorite things like yeah you're communicating with each other and you're communicating with the audience it's it's beautiful that's like what it's all about yeah yeah so um when when um when you went to college where did you say you went to college sorry uh william and mary in williamsburg virginia Okay. Um, did, did you have like a, 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 did you start to put together like a college band then? Like a, like Yeah, a, I was in something. college bands, you know, kind of like, that was like a little more like playing original music, I guess, for the first time, like more so than, but that, I mean, it was also, of course, like jamming on tunes, but yeah, it got a little, you know, those, those bands were like a little more kind of like, I don't know, you know, you like, you meet kids that are like, in the jazz program or whatever. So you're like playing these bands that are like really noodly or, you know, it was like, like a different kind of thing. Uh, and then I was also, yeah, I got really into like choral music in college too. So I got really into, you know, kind of like singing and choirs and writing, writing vocal arrangements and things like that. Um, so yeah, then I was, and also playing, yeah, also got into like playing straight ahead, straight ahead jazz too. Oh, so okay. I sort of started, started really like, um, didn't really have that. I guess in high school we started, a jazz, there wasn't a jazz band at my high school, but we started one, which was cool. It was like just one of those environments where you were just encouraged to like, you know, if it doesn't exist, like make it, you know? And so did that. But then, yeah, then when I got to college, I, I sort of connected with, with people that were, um, you know, way better than me was, was, you know, learned, learned and, and got better by, uh, you know, having to play. Yeah. Were you, you know. were you in, in school for music? Uh, yeah. Music on psychology. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> um, do you, do you yeah. use prepares any of that? For being, prepares you for being, yeah, I think it prepares you for being in a rock band pretty well, actually. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, that actually, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> the second you said that, like, yeah, it, that totally, that actually, you probably every band should have at least one. <laughs> um, so, you know, you, you um, are very, very versatile um, in, in your sensibilities and stuff like that. Um, but, but it all kind of to me, like there seems to be this kind of sonic palette through line, you know, even with the vocal arranging and stuff like that. Um, what, what are you, what are you kind of, what do you see out there right now? That's kind of grabbing you in that, um, in that kind of, uh, place. Like what, is, is there any kind of artists or acts out there right now that are like just completely fulfilling that, that Hmm. thirst? Yeah, there are, there's a lot. I mean, there's just, there's so much music out there right now. I know this sounds like a dumb thing to say, but it's like, there's so much music. Um, and I don't like, you know, I, I try to be adventurous and like, listen, you know, I'll go through phases where I'm voraciously, you know, exploring new things, but I, I just, I feel like, 
I have a lifetime of, like, you know, collected a lifetime of records on tour and throughout my life that I, you know, would take me, it will take me the rest of my life to fully digest all of, all this stuff. But yeah, I mean, I think that like to answer your question, um, I think there's a lot, you know, I'm, I'm excited by all kinds of things. I mean, you know, I, I find myself at home listening to, to instrumental music. Yeah. Mostly. I don't know why that is, but you know, over the past 10 years or so, that's kind of like led me into a little bit more of a, you know, listening to music, like not discrete music, but you know, music that maybe that you can like sort of participate in or have on, you know, like music that serves like different, different purposes, you know, like, I guess, you know, I like things that are beautiful. I mean, yeah. that sounds sort of stupid to say, but I guess we, maybe we all do. Although, no, I don't think we all do. I mean, I just, you know, I don't, I don't like to be like pummeled, you know, when I'm like listening to music at home. Um, and maybe that's because like, you know, for my job, I'm playing like, you know, it's like exerting my, you know, putting out a lot, you know, it's like a sort of um, loud loud rock band, you know, like yeah. do day in and day out. It's like when I come home, I'm like, I think I'd like to listen to some Indian classical music right now. It's, you know, or I'd like to listen to something that takes me away to like a place that I'm, you know, again, it goes back to the unforgettable fire or, you know, like the Eno ambient records, you know, or it's just like, I'd like to go to a place that's like feels, feels cool and, and, peaceful and different and you know that i can think yeah or not (laughs) yeah i just saw uh i just went and saw um the uh at at the ardmore the uh wilco side project uh show oh my god i was just gonna say i just saw yuka honda do that set wasn't it incredible it it was incredible it was like really so moving. Yeah. She's playing that thing. that looked like a light bright, you know, I was like, <laughs> like, what is that? You know, I went down a wormhole of course afterwards and found out it's like some Yamaha controller from like the mid two thousands or something. I can't remember what it's called, but, um, it's like a step sequencer kind of thing. And, um, yeah, it was so beautiful. And oh, then she was- did, and then, and then she sat in with Nels and they did that, that thing that got into that sort of Indian, mode yes dude i i uh i was right up against the stage and i have um a full video of the two of them doing that song together i, I want to put it up on youtube because like it was absolutely stellar like i was blown away like i was just sitting yeah. there in awe like just of the soundscape that two people created you know yeah i'm i'm so glad you you brought that up i mean i was th- i was going to mention it, it was like oh that sounds you know whatever I, no. it, yeah, that, yeah, that was that was amazing. I, now it's like what is twenty twenty two? Like I'm I'm as of like Sunday, I'm in like my Cibo Motto phase. I'm like deep in it. Yeah, you know, oh, I, I only so was like a casual f- observer of their. You know, I just kind of knew of them and heard a little bit. Like there was this one song I used to always, I used to always buy those um, uh, KCRW compilations every year. It was like Morning Becomes Eclectic. 
mm-hmm. rare on air, whatever, like one of those radio station comps, you know, it was, they were always great, but they did, they did, I guess sugar water was on one of those. And I used to love, love that their that live in studio version of that. But now I'm like, yeah, I had no idea that like Chad Blake and Mitchell Froon worked on that first record. I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm deep in the, I'm deep in the hole. You you jumped in. You followed that rabbit. Yeah. Oh, I love it. No, I'm so glad. That's so awesome that you were there. Yeah, that was just an amazing night. Like, what a what a great what a great bunch of sets. Autumn uh, Defense sounded incredible. The yeah. whole thing. Yeah, and like it, it was my favorite kind of show because it wasn't too packed. So like I I didn't feel squashed. You know, like I, mm-hmm. I wasn't worried about other people around me. Like I was just totally into the music. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, I was um, on a show recently that was so packed. It's like I'm not sure how you can how everyone can enjoy this. It's there's just yeah. like so you know was at the electric factory. It's, it's like it's not a great. Oh place. wow! Like when you know if, if something's sold out, it's like man, it's it's uh it's tight. Yeah, yeah. I uh, it, it's weird. Um, uh, I've never really been into being squished. Um, but uh, post pandemic, yeah. join the club. Post pandemic, now it's like I'm like I don't have the I don't have the patience for this. Like I, I I'm very I'm, I will I will walk away if I have to. <laughs> like I just I, yeah. I can't I can't enjoy. Um, so you guys, uh, you um kind of got approached to work on this uh Philly special Christmas album. Um, mm-hmm. which um, I've, I've got a copy of, and it absolutely swings, man. It is so ah, good. Thank like, you. What a cool compliment. Um, but um, how, how, did you, how did you get involved with this? This is like an amazing project. Yeah, it really was. It just was like a, natu- a supernatural thing, like from beginning to end. Like, you know, I had a relationship with Connor and Jason going back to like, when the war on drugs played at one of Connor's make the world better benefits years back at the Dell. And, uh, we just became friends and, um, yeah, when they, when, when he and Kelsey were like, we want to make a Christmas record, you know, I was like, cool. Like, let's do it. You know, it's like, you know, Connor's very much like a, just, you know, he, you know, I think Kelsey was kind of like casually like, Oh, we should make a Christmas record sometime. I think he wanted to just do something special for Philly, you know, like, or do, and do something fun, something to honor. Like he has this connection with these teammates, you know, they just like, in addition to having this bond of, you know, playing, playing pro ball together, they also like truly just love each other. And they are like connected through, they all sing and are super into music and and they're you know he's just, so he had this like crazy idea you know connor's just like let's just do it you know he called me and he's like how do we do this i was like let's get together and figure it out you know like let's talk about talk about tunes like let's let's pick like songs that are that resonate with with everyone for one reason or another or you know you know, I, you know, introduced some songs for them too. And, you know, so it just like started just like sitting around the fire, you know, like passing the guitar around and those guys just like singing. And I was just like, oh man, this is going to be great. And so then once you just kind of hone in on, so for our process, it was kind of like, all right, well, let's hone in on like, you know, six tunes that, that each resonate with somebody in some way and that, that are, that are soulful and, you know, just make sure this thing's coming from a place of authenticity and not from like a 
a goof, not from like some place of, you know, whatever. It was just coming from a very sincere place. So, so then it was just kind of, uh, it's just all about, you know, it's like relationships, you know, like this thing started because of relationships between them. And then I got into it because of our relationship. And then I just reached out to musicians that I admire all around Philly from like different generations and different, you know, musical backgrounds and cultural backgrounds. And just like, let's just make this awesome. You know, let's have this be like a little taste of like, what's so cool about Philadelphia. I mean, not to say that this couldn't happen somewhere else, but I also feel like at the same time, it's like, I don't know. Could it? Yeah, I don't. It's pretty. It's a pretty Philadelphian. You know, it's a pretty special thing. You know, and you have like a community that that's just like all bound together by I don't know what. Yeah, some something. And you know, it's 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 cool. Yeah, and like you know, uh, Kelsey, I feel like is someone who kind of exemplifies like. Philadelphia, even though, you know, like not like he, mm-hmm. but, but 100%. And like, you know, and, and I'm not going to lie when the album was sent to me, I was like, Oh, this will be fun. This will be a thing, you know? And then I listened mm-hmm. to it mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh no, I hope it's fun. No, it should be fun. Well, it is fun, but it's beyond that. Like it is, it is a good Christmas album. <laughs> like we just did an episode breaking down, <laughs> breaking down, um, our favorite Christmas songs and stuff like that. And like, I would put, um, Santa Claus is coming to town on, on my list of, of like things that'll go on mixtapes for the rest of my life. Like that, like that's your favorite. Oh my God. You guys nailed it. Like you guys nailed it. It's so good. Um, and, but I mean, honestly, like, uh, <laughs> Silent Night is so beautiful and hilarious, but like it's like Uh it works both. I mean, like it's just from start to finish. Like I love it. And like I've been telling people, you know, these people are going to get blown away when they hear Meryl Reese recite The Night Before Christmas. Like it's just. Oh, yeah. What an album. So great. What an album. So cool. Um, I mean, you know, for me, it was like Christmas Eve was all about like I'd, I'd sleep in my brother's room and he'd read me The Night Before Christmas. And like, I think that the reason why I was really sleeping in my brother's room, cause he was basically like keeping me from like running downstairs, like too early in the morning, yeah. you know, he was like my, he was the gatekeeper, but yeah, I just like have such fond memories of that on Christmas Eve. And like, he'd read me that book. Yeah. It's so nice to have like, have Meryl to read it to me now. That's great. That's so great. <laughs> when did you guys start working on it? In the summer. In the summer? We did it all in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. It was all, it was, you know, done before. The Those season, guys got right? cooking yeah. with the season. I mean, we were, we put some finishing touches and stuff on it um, in September and stuff like that. But we, um, and then it got, I mean, the fact that it got turned around and turned into a physical product is a true Christmas miracle. Yeah, absolutely. And like, it's uh, like 10, it's like 10 to 12 months. Usually it's like, a, nowadays it's like a year backup at pressing plans to get anything done. But we threw, again, through the magic of just relationships and goodwill and whatever. It was like this opportunity presented itself. And what do you know? People, people can have this thing under the tree. Yeah. And this, this is going to come out on Monday, but Friday you're going through the third batch of pre-sales on it, which is just absolutely incredible. Um, what is, what is the, uh, is there, is there any plans on performing any of this live or anything like that? 
I don't, I don't think so. I think it no. just, you know, I think it's going to exist like, you know, exist like this. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. It works. I didn't know if, if uh, these guys are busy enough on the, uh, yeah. these guys are busy enough on the field, you know? Yeah. A little bit, little, little bit. They got their own performing to do. No, I just didn't know like a, like a morning show or if like, yeah, you know, I don't know oh, if, they yeah. want, if they wanted to no, like sing on so. a podcast or something. I don't know. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just for example, singing on a podcast, just yeah, throw it out there. Just, just put it out there. <laughs> um, but, um, but you've got like, you've got absolute Philly legends on this album. Uh, is there anyone you reached oh, out yeah. to who, who didn't? Cause it looks like uh, I'm going to guess that everybody was like totally on board with this. Right. Yeah. People were just like, yeah, of course. Sounds like, sounds like fun. You know, I think once, same thing. I think once people understood that this was like a serious thing, but like a playful and yeah and loving but like that it was like a, a you know that it wasn't like some kind of like a goof yeah everybody's just like yeah of course you know and uh it was awesome you know like going up to the sun raw house and recording marshall allen it was like a yeah it's a thrill of a lifetime for me you know and for everyone like you know like having marshall involved like was really it was cool. It was like as, as, as meaningful to the guys as it was. You know, I thought at first I was like, well, maybe, you know, I wonder, you know, how, if everyone's going to like really like fully get how special <laughs> it is to have, have this, you know, this part of our history represented. And, uh, Connor was like, oh my God, I can't believe, you know, he was so he, he was like such a fan. I mean, they're all such music fans, you know, so that, that everybody just totally was uh, was so grateful for um, everyone's involvement. You know what I mean? Like all the all the players and, and getting the Hooters guys um, involved and, and like their spirit and, and energy. And, and we recorded at their studio a bunch. And um, Lady Alma, who's incredible, um, she was on the, the song that came out last week, Merry Christmas Baby with Jordan uh, Malata. Um and some some great horn players, Nasir Dickerson, and yeah, it's just really it was really cool just having it all come together and have everyone just be just be game for it. You know, what I mean, it's yeah. sort of like that was like one of the big lessons was just like, yeah, sometimes it's cool to just like be to say yes, <laughs> be like be game for something. You know, if it feels cool, you know, it's like yeah, so it's, that's sort of like one of the lessons for me. It's like. Just, I gotta remember to like just try to just be open to to things, you know. When sometimes it's just so easy to like say no, or you know, like oh, I, you know, I'm tired, or you know, we're all tired. Yeah, you know, like yeah, it's just go for it, you know. Just like just like Connor, just being like, yeah, we're gonna make a Christmas record. Like, cool, all right, let's do it. Yeah, it is. It is a um, it, like not just a beautiful Christmas album, but it's a beautiful to uh, to me a beautiful love letter to Philadelphia. Like it it, it is just yeah. like like if you if you want like a snapshot of just everything that's great about this town, like I would just hand them that album and be like, take a look at this, man. Oh, how dude. can you how can you deny this? You know, so awesome. That's such a that's so nice to hear. Um, to hear you say it like that. Because that's, that's, I mean, mission accomplished, you know, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Like, that's it. 
I will say one thing. And, uh, I was reading the yeah, I was reading the liner notes, and I saw um, you guys uh, gave a special thanks to Bruce Warren. Uh, doesn't that guy get thanked enough? Don't we thank that guy enough? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just <busting laughs> Not enough. I, I, I like to possibly bust. thank Bruce enough. I like to bust his balls. Um, but, yeah. but, Talk about the spirit of spirit of community and and uh, togetherness. Yeah, you guys that's, have a great Bruce. relationship with uh, with XPN. Um, how did like uh, how did that come about? Just did, were they fans, or or did you kind of approach them? I or? mean, yeah, Bruce has been a Bruce has been a champion of the war on drugs, you know, forever, and and um, it's just so cool that to like see somebody in his position that's just like underneath it all, like a music fan. Yeah. You know, like, and he is like, he's the godfather of AAA radio. I mean, you ask anybody around the country who is involved in AAA radio or whatever, it's like, Bruce is the guy. Well, he's like the, he's the, he's the Jason Kelsey of uh, AAA radio. You know, he's just like, he's the heart and soul of it all. And um, yeah, everyone, Bruce is a, Bruce is a legend, man. Yeah. Back in the day, he used to have a... um uh, uh, he used to run his uh, Some Velvet blog, and that is where I got probably ninety eight percent of the live cuts and rare B sides that like I've wowed people with, for, you know, in sets for my entire life. Like, where did you find this? Oh, you know, you just find it places. No, it was Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> Bruce found. Me. I miss blo- I miss blogs, man. Wasn't Wasn't that a special time? Like to be able to find yeah, the coolest it was the shit. Best. It was oh. like oh, I, Gary I, Higgins, Red Hash, cool. I'll, you know, like whatever, just like somebody rips some record that's, you know, that 50 people have heard. And then all of a sudden everybody can, or anybody that, you know, wants to can check it out and learn a little bit about this, some, some freak in a barn somewhere that made a record and somebody found a box of them. You know, it's, yeah, I miss that. I miss it too. I tried to bring, I, I did, that was how this podcast started was I was, I tried doing a blog website and I was like, Oh, people don't do that anymore. Oh, okay. So I gotta, <laughs> I'm waiting. That's why I'm, that's why I'm, uh, that's why I'm basically off the grid. I'm just waiting for blogs to come back. I'm going to start a blog spot or something. I love it. I love Is it. That... Do it. Do it. So you, you were talking about a uh, solo, solo record. Um, you know, yeah. uh, what's, uh, what's kind of the, uh, Genesis of that? Just, uh, stuff you've compiled uh, or, yeah, it was, I mean, it was, uh, it was something that I was put up to by an old friend and, and musical compadre. And, uh, we've been playing music together for 25 years. And he was just like, Hey, like, I want to hear what your music sounds like, you know? And I was like, huh, never really thought about that. Cause I love, you know, like I love, I love helping other people like, bring their music to, to life and doing my little, you know, bits and bobs that I like to do to make things pretty and arrange things and, you know, do my, do my things that I like to do. But I've never like really even had the impulse to kind of start something from scratch. Maybe partially because of like the, the hang up with, you know, the lyric hang up or something. Cause I'm not like a word guy, but then I was like, well, I don't have to sing. Like there doesn't have to be words. I don't listen to music with, uh, you know, most of the music I listen to is instrumental anyway. Why would I make something with my voice on it? Like the last thing in the world I would ever want to hear. And probably anybody would want to hear, 
you know, it's like, you know, that's like so often that's, there'll be something that's so sweet, but it's, you know, there's this like kind of roadblock right up front. It's like, oh, I just don't love the timbre of that person's voice, you know, or I'm not like, I'm not buying it. So, um, anyway, I'm rambling now. Uh, no, just, it makes yeah, sense. He was so. like, he was like, just come up to the studio. I don't care what happens. Yeah, I don't care if this is like a you and me thing or just a me thing or a you, th- you know, whatever. And so I went up there kind of like a little sheepish cause I didn't have tunes yet, but I had like, you know, 30 years of like tunings that I was really into, like, like open, you know, guitar tunings that I was really into or like fragments of, uh, you know, chord progressions and little melodies that I've, you know, been monkeying with forever. So, so then I just, yeah, I just started building it up and then I was like, Oh, that's, that's again, going back to what we were talking about before about just being open to like doing something, trying something. It was like, I did that and I was like, Oh, that's how you write a song. You just, you just kind of try, yeah, you know, you just, or you, you just start doing it. And then, you know, maybe it sucks, but you, you just, you, you, then you demystify it and you're just like, okay, that's, you, you do this, you know, you find a, find a vibe. It's like, you know, for me, it was like, he had this drum machine, this, this old, uh, Roland drum machine that, that I really loved the, the, the sound of. And so everything kind of like, I would just kind of like dial in a thing on this, on this drum machine and then sort of just get into like, whether it was like on the, on the Wurlitzer or like, on my guitar, whatever, wherever things started, you just kind of like start building up a thing, you know, and then, and then you get to the fun stuff, which is you know what I love, which is just kind of like putting, putting the salt and pepper in there and, you know, making it all. And then the, the truly special part was after this very solitary exercise of, of a few months, you know, you kind of like tell, tell a trusted friend what you're up to. And they're like, Oh, can I hear that? And then they're like, Oh, how can I do this on it? I'm like, yeah, I'd be honored. You know, and then your song comes back with like, you know, this beautiful pedal steel or something in the song all of a sudden sounds like something I never even dreamed of. And it's like, Oh, that's, what's cool about music is, uh, collaborating. And, you know, you know, when, when ideas come together, you know, not just like this, not just, I, I was, re- you know, really grateful for this very inward solitary experience. But then it was like, it was like, oh yeah. Then, then it became like, uh, just sort of like a, almost like a document of, of a life of, of friendships. And, and, th- you know, it's like, oh, I'll send this to this friend and, and they can put their spirit on it in whatever, whatever form that takes, whether it's like, Dave Hartley putting a fretless bass line on this thing or, you know, Daniel Clark putting his B3, you know, on this or whatever it was, you know, it's just like, oh, now I have this like, now I have this like really special, you know, kind of journal of, of, uh, of friendships and, you know, I have these, these songs to, to show for, you know. That's absolutely beautiful. What, um, is there like a target date, uh, for release or are you still kind of? Yeah, I think, I think it's going to come out in April. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, I'm just finalizing all the, all those details now, but yeah, I think it looks like it's probably going to come out on my birthday, which is kind of cool. Dude, even better. That's like a a, a gift to yourself. I love it. Sure. I'll make one copy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I'll, it worked I'll, for the Wu Tang one. It worked for the Wu Tang Clan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, sell it to that pharma freak. <laughs> What's oh, he doing man. now? Is he still is he still in in the clankers? Yeah, I think he came out, um, and I seem to remember like somebody was dating him or something. I don't know. I I, I wish all those people would just go away. To be honest, like I maybe just, he'll uh, maybe he'll shack up with. Uh, Elon Musk. With Elon, they can be... They'd sick. be a sweet couple. Yeah, single bros together. Ugh. <laughs> it's the worst. We are in yeah. the worst timeline. But we do have beautiful things like music, so I guess we can't, yeah. you know, <laughs> we can't complain yeah. too much. And then, uh, what, what, uh, War on Drugs working on anything new, or...? Well, we're playing these shows uh, in... Um Philly in in December for for our sort of annual drug sember, which is a fundraiser. Also, it's cool to be like to have these two things happening right now that are both benefiting um, Philadelphia, the youth of Philadelphia directly. You know, because this we we we've done this drug sember thing. We could we didn't do it during the pandemic, so it's been a couple years. But yeah, this annual uh, thing where we play three shows at at different venues and and um, raise a a bunch of money for the, the fund for the school district of Philadelphia um, through through the shows, but also through like Julian's is hosting an auction for us, which is really cool. So there's going to be like all kinds of sweet um, music, gear, and memorabilia and other stuff. And then we'll have you know raffles and stuff at the shows, and um, so that's going to be super fun. Looking forward to that. And then um, next year, you know, hopefully just just continuing to continue to get out there and play for we played for a lot of people this year you know we got we got around the world a few times and um made it home safe and so looking forward to doing that again and and hopefully getting to bring it to to everywhere maybe even some new places you know because there's you know some we haven't really done much like in terms of like south america and um asia but you know we always go to australia and lots of course europe and in the u.s and uh mexico so yeah just looking forward to keeping keeping at it and plugging away and hopefully making people happy you know? yeah man that's beautiful like yeah i've completely blanked on the uh johnny brenda shows that's right that's coming up um what, what uh, like that sold out in what like three minutes or something like that that was like yeah something like that that's awesome i mean it's not you know it's not the biggest uh venue in the world sure but but it but but it's going for it a great cool. cause though it's man and going for a great cause and, that's and what you know it's going to be yeah i mean it's just for a year where we played some milestone gigs you know some bucket list spots you know like red rocks and Madison square garden it's kind of like cool to um come home and finish the year at our you know our i would say our spiritual home yeah yeah, oh, Philadelphia and Brenda's, you know, specifically is definitely like uh, one of our one of our spiritual homes. It's such a great room. Like I love that room yeah. for for like Me it's too. just so perfect. It's like uh, one of one of my uh, my goals in life. Uh, my my fiance and I are talking about trying to. Um, she has this dream of making a um, like a non alcoholic bar that functions exactly like a bar. Just they serve oh, you know cool. mocktails and and na um, drinks and stuff and and some coffees and that's all. a and, great idea. 
and I want to make it. A, I want to, and, and we want to combine our our loves, and we want to make it like also a venue. Um, so like it's mm-hmm. one of the you know, but like if it, it, the dream is like something uh, like if I could make something as big as Johnny Brenda's, that would be beautiful. Like it, it was, I'll take yeah, a, I'll something take a that has room, that, but, but yeah, that aura and that that sort of community. Yeah, it's really and, cool, and that that that's that's the thing that makes it great, and that's what I feel like makes Philadelphia great is the community is just so into it. Like it's the same thing with like, and that's why I think this Christmas album makes perfect sense to me is because like it's the same way with the football team. Like we're not just fans like of of our music and of our teams. Like we're 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 people who understand and appreciate you know what's good about Mm -hmm. it and 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 are knowledgeable about it and that and that community to me is one thing that this area has that i i can't think of many other places that has anything similar to it you know yeah totally and i mean those guys are so tuned in to like you know i mean speaking speaking of the players you know it's like they're so tuned in to like the community and giving back and you know, that whole thing, which is like coming from a real sincere place, you know, like they all have, you know, Jason's got his own foundations, Connor's got foundations, like they're just doing good stuff, you know, they're doing cool shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, not to say, to say nothing of the community that they've built, you know, on the team, you know, from a sports perspective is, is kind of amazing too. Like the, the vibe I don't want to jinx anything because it's, I know it's like, you know, mm-hmm. 12 and one, whatever. I don't want whatever happens, whatever happens in the future. It's great. But like the, the vibe on that team is incredible. And it's like, it's about leadership, but it's also about, you know what I mean? It's, a, it's about like having leaders, but it's also about like those guys, like all like also mentoring each other and like looking after yeah. each other and you can see it in how they are with each other, you know, they're competitive, obviously, but it's like, they're, they're like really look after each other and it's cool. It's, it's awesome. Like a, it's like all kinds of layers to it. I love it. All right. At this time, you want to go through these jointlet questions? This is how I end every oh, episode. We do, yeah. All right. It starts with the one hit wonders. These are just, uh, you're just picking who your favorite of the two is. Number okay. one, Billy Joel or Elton John. I mean, no disrespect to the BJ, but Elton. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, number two, Debbie Harry or Joan Jett? Oh, Debbie Harry. Yeah. No question. I mean, Joan Jett rocks, but, you know, Debbie Harry rules. And still has it. I, we saw her at the uh, Exponential Music Festival a few years back and just still sounds amazing. I mean, Blondie was very, very formative for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Aretha Franklin or Tina Turner? Trick question, isn't it? (laughs) Aretha. But I mean, how can you possibly choose? It is. It is. You know, but I, but I, but going first thought, best thought, right? Going, uh, I'm going Aretha. Those, I mean, that stretch of, well, I mean, there's, they're, they're both such legends, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, Aretha, figures pretty, pretty, pretty prominently in, in this house, you know, um, if you, if you, you know, in terms of like number of, uh, hours listened to <laughs> Aretha's pretty up there. I love it. Uh, Nirvana or Pearl Jam? 
I mean, there's no question for me. Yeah. Nirvana. Oh yeah. Okay. That's my, that's my guess. That's my, that's, that's my, my pick. (laughs) No question. We got to play with them a few times this year and I, you know, getting to see a little bit behind the, behind the curtain, man. That's a, that's a cool, that's a cool operation. That's awesome. I love it. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a killer crew. Yeah. Those songs are great. They really are. I know it's not, I know it's cooler. It would be cooler to say Nirvana. But hey, I not a not a question in my mind. It's how fine. to answer that question. It's fine. It's you, me, and Kristen Curtis. We we're all Pearl Jam people on this. Is one, that so. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. She was just on the uh, start. We can have our own ago. little support group. That's right. <laughs> oh, you ask you ask these questions. Oh, you ask the same questions of everyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh, okay. I, okay. My, my original plan back in the day was <clears throat> I was going to compile a spreadsheet and try to definitively answer these questions, um, but that's it's a lot of work, um, <laughs> and I'm a little Come behind. On, you on can it. get an intern. <laughs> there we go. I'll, I'll, I'll do one of those virtual assistants. Um, yeah. Janis Joplin or Stevie Nicks? Stevie, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Please. What kind of question is that? Uh, the big one, Beatles or the Stones? I mean, Beatles, you know, I, you could answer. There's no wrong answer to that. Right. But, you know, for me, it's like, yeah, Sergeant Peppers is probably one of my first memories in life. I mean, Hot Rocks was huge, too. Don't get me wrong. And I love the Stones. And I, I mean, Charlie, the whole thing. Yeah, Stones are... Incredible. I love the Stones. But I I would pick the Beatles probably every time Okay, you ask me that question. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. I, I figured it when you mentioned Sgt. Pepper as a formative album uh, early on. So I, I kind of saw that one coming. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, but the, I mean, the Stones were equally as formative. It just like I as, you know, if I had to, I don't know. Yeah, it just no, seems I like can, yeah. that's that's my answer. Well, I'm sticking fine. to it. <laughs> uh, last one of the one hit wonders: Bohemian Rhapsody or Stairway to Heaven? Ah, Stairway. I mean, you know, it's like I listen to it forwards. I listen to it backwards. I never, you know, never listen to Bohemian Rhapsody backwards. <laughs> now you make me yeah. want to, though. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously both great, but Stairways, uh, you know, that that. That drum entrance, you know, that first time you hear that, I mean, yeah. that's a that's a that's a, that's a moment in life. That is a thing of beauty. Uh, yeah. And then the top ten countdown, uh, of course, John is used in this to be whatever you want it to be. It doesn't have to be music; it can be anything. Uh, number one, oh. what was your first John? What was the first thing you were obsessed <laughs> with when you were younger? John, yeah, okay, okay. That that's that's. I mean, you know, it's either. It's either Star Wars or Kiss, and I, I think probably, you know, if we're really getting into things chronologically, it's probably Kiss. You know, what yeah. I mean? it's like probably Peter Chris drums, you know, smoke, flames, makeup, yeah. glitter. I will. Calls. Uh, I will have to send you a photo of me at like I think two years old with my Kiss guitar, um, tongue out, f- full Gene Simmons pose. Yeah, it's pretty. Oh good. yeah, it's pretty good. Show, show it to me, please. <laughs> uh, number two, what's your current John? What are you into right now? Current John. Well, um, I I just went to see Always. Oh uh, wow! How was that? It was 
fucking incredible. <laughs> yeah. That band is so great. And uh, I am, you know, I'm their biggest fan. I love, I love, I love that band. Yeah. So I, yeah, that was, I mean, I can't stop listening to them. And you know, that show, that show was, was killer. Um, and they're just the best people too, which is, which, which helps. Uh, it's dope. Uh, number three, what was your first concert? What was the first live show you went to see? That would, that would have been, um, the beach boys at the Providence civic center in 1977 may may 13th i think okay may, may 1977 so i was three um star wars must have been out because i remember these are some of my earliest memories actually like i remember somebody calling me a jawa because i was just like <laughs> you know like walked right under the the turnstile and i remember sitting we were sitting like on the side just up a little bit and i was just watching dennis wilson like he was playing these clear acrylic drums you know just like the ones i play and they're just like shaking you know like the stage was just shaking and he was just playing sort of like very over top and physical you know like i just remember being like man i i i think i was probably already into the drums then, but maybe that was probably the first time I ever really saw somebody shredding on a drum set. I mean, I was only three years old for Christ's sake. So I'm, I'm sure that's, that's the first cool. time I saw somebody shredding on a drum set, but I was like, Oh man, this is great. You know, I think, I think Brian was back in the band, you know, probably sounded terrible, but you know, it was like, it was great. It's awesome. I love that. Uh, number four, yeah. what was your last concert? Hmm. Well, more recently, even than um, uh, always, was I saw Bitchin' Bajas, which is uh, sort of slightly, you know, ill-named band because um, it's nothing like I had no, I, you know, I I hadn't heard of them, but a friend of mine, a friend of mine with like probably the most esoteric music tastes. Um, was like, I have an extra, you know, for Bitchin' Bajas at the Solar Myth. You want to come with me? I was like, no. Like, what is that? You know, he's from Florida. So I figured this was like some kind of like, like, I don't know what. It's like Bitchin' Bajas. And then I was like, I checked it out. I was like, oh, this is awesome. You know, it's like, reminded me almost of like Manuel Gotching, like this kind of like very sort of droney, pulsing, you know, not all modular, but, you know, like pretty much like synth based and with like some occasional, like, you know, bass clarinet or, or guitar on top. It was really, really killer. It was at Solar Myth, the, the new, new boot uh, what used to be the boot and saddle. Yeah. So perfect sound in the perfect space for it. And I was so moved. Like the, the whole show just, just blew my mind. It was so, so moved. So I'm like kind of, also, in addition to being in a Sibamato uh, wormhole, I'm in a Bitchin' Bajas wormhole. I got to check it out. It sounds like my bag. It sounds great. Yeah, I mean, I'm still working my way through the like their recorded catalog. I, I can't, you know, it's hard to, you know, it might be one of those things to fully like appreciate. To you might maybe need to like 
hear the air move in the room like when yeah. you're making it. But yeah, you know, there's all yeah, they have tons of recordings. There's they had a thing called Switched on Raw, like them doing all Sun Raw stuff that I think came out last year. It's pretty really cool. And I would start with the oh, oh there's there's an album. One of the albums I got of theirs, I think I think it's like a self titled one. It's on Drag City. I think maybe it's from like maybe ten years ago or something. Check that out. Okay. All right. Definitely. Definitely will note that. Uh, number five, what's your favorite concert? What was the best show you've ever seen? God, I should have an answer for that, right? Like, I should just know. Like, I shouldn't have to think about it. Um, but, you know, probably at least, like, in terms of, like, at the time when you're there and how you're feeling, um, probably would have been, like, one of the two... Joshua Tree tour shows of you two, or maybe I mean, yeah, I would say I saw them on the Unforgettable Fire tour once, and then they did like two legs of the Joshua Tree tour. It was like, yeah, one of one of those two. I mean, it was just like kind of they had just sort of grown into this. Yeah, they were just dominating a sports arena, you know, yeah. playing these great tunes, and it was just. Yeah, I'd I'd say Joshua Tree Tour eighty seven. I love it. I love it. Uh number six, who have you never seen live that you wish you could have? Uh they can be living or dead. Ooh. Oh wow. That's so fun. I mean, wow. So so knee jerk would be uh I'd probably like I'd love to go back. I don't know what era exactly. Like, I'd love to go back and see the Cocteau Twins. I never saw them. Like, maybe, maybe like towards the end when the band was bigger on stage and they were sort of like fully playing those tunes that I love so much. But in a way, it would also kind of be cool to have seen them like kind of early on when it was just like the three of them. But yeah, probably a Cocteau Twins show or like, you know, going back to what we were talking about before. I mean, I would love to have seen like Ashra Temple or Manuel Gotching do like one of his, I mean, I'd love to be like a fly on the wall and watch him recording E2E4, which was kind of like one, you know, performance that he did kind of live um, that he recorded. But um, yeah, I mean, tempted to say Nick Drake, but that would probably be, you know, those that his music lives in that perfect spot on those records. Right. I think that it probably would be, you know, a lot of things you can go, you know, it's just crazy now. Like I can, I, you know, part of me would say like one of those Miles Davis groups, like in the early seventies, but so much of that was is so well documented. You can kind of like, you can get it. Yeah. But, yeah. But like, I there's like no footage of Nick Drake playing. Like, so I'm in a way kind of like, because I don't have any, you know, we don't have access to anything like that. But I'll, you know, I'll stick with my first thought. I'll say Cocteau Twins. I like it. I like it. My, my, uh, mine has always been Prince because uh, my, yeah. my, my parents had a ticket for me. Um, the people listening to the podcast have heard the story 10 million times and they're going to hear it 10 million and one. Um, my parents bought a, a ticket for me for the Purple Rain tour to go with them, but then found out what the stage show was like and sold my ticket. No way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> was so, that like, at the tower? Where did it, you grow up? Um, here. Uh, it was at the Spectrum. 
Um, oh, it's big. It's yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah. So oh and then, man. And then my other my other one is um, and this is just uh, finding out about it after the fact, uh, way after the fact, because I didn't get into him until late. But um, finding out that um, Jeff Buckley played at the Grape Street Pub or the what is now the Grape Room, <laughs> and I'm like, what would that have been like to just like wow. see him on that tiny little stage? You know. Wow. Did you were you at the Trocadero show? No, I wasn't. I don't know what the time, what the timing difference was. I don't know. I'd never heard about that Grape Street thing, but it couldn't have been too far. They couldn't have been separated by too much. But yeah, a friend of mine told me about going to that. Um, well, he was opening for somebody. Who okay. was it? Like when he put when he came around on that first tour, like the Grace tour, he was opening for somebody. It was like. Oh man, like throwing muses or somebody. That I don't know. Sound, I've got that, that wrong. Right. It's not them, I don't think, but it's somebody like somebody that. Somebody like, like that, yeah. You know, and it was just, they were like, after the first night, they were like, holy shit, we have to do this the whole, like, we have to play after that, this I whole tour? I couldn't imagine, like, just the, 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 the power in that man's voice. Like, I, I couldn't even imagine, like, <laughs> like, like, could you imagine playing an open mic with him? Like, like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a good, um, that's a good one. Even, even if my, like my Buckley appreciation ebbs and flows personally, like that would be, I like, sometimes I'm just not, not in the mood for it, but sometimes, you know, every few years I, I get back into, you know, like, and I'll, and I'll be like, oh man, this was, this was really great. Um, that would have been really cool to be in like, or, or even to have been in like Cafe Chenet and like, yeah. You know, while when he was just blasting through all those tunes, just on a tally through a jazz chorus. Yeah, there's like a singing, there's a, his, singing his ass off. There's a crazy video on YouTube. Um, I'll send you this link too. Um, of um, uh, G Love just sitting around playing guitar and harmonica at some festival, and Buckley walks up, and they end up jamming together. <laughs> and like, no, yeah, it's the weirdest thing in the world. And I asked, get out of here. I asked G about it. I was like, how the fuck did that happen? He was like, oh, um, I forget. I think it was like Jimmy Jazz's girlfriend at the time was a waitress at the Chenet. And so they knew each other kind of by proxy. <laughs> but I oh, was so just, that happened like locally. That wasn't at like, I figured that would be at like Rock Worked or something backstage. Yeah, no, that, it was, was just like, like New York or something. Oh, yeah, wow. it was just sitting somewhere like outside. I'll send you the link. It's so crazy. Like, oh, man, that's cool. <laughs> like, Amazing. Somebody, somebody got that on film. Yeah, yeah. Um, number seven, name an unappreciated John. Something you wish more people were into. Well, I don't often wish more people were into something that I love because then it's like, <laughs> wait, you know, it's like, I, I sort of like with all of this, like, I shouldn't say, but you know, with all this like love for Joni Mitchell, that's that's in the air, which I'm so grateful for. And she, you know, but it's like, Oh, well that, that was mine. Yeah. You know, or something, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it's like all this, it's all sort of like wrapped up in, in Brandy Carlisle and stuff like that. Um, you can. You don't. Need, you don't need to print that. Um, <laughs> what do I wish that uh, was uh, more appreciated? Well, I mean, I think the Cocteau Twins are not unappreciated, but I think you know, for how great I I think they are, I think they're still pretty underappreciated. Yeah. Um, you know, um, that would be. That's the. That's what comes to mind. I love it. 
I love it. Uh, number eight, what's your favorite album? I know that's a tough one. But... <laughs> well, um, I mean, Joni Mitchell, Hajira, probably is is one of them. Yeah. At least, you know. I've got another underappreciated one. Okay. That just came to my mind is I would say the radio department. They're from Sweden. And uh I wish that everybody knew about them. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that. They're great. Yeah. The radio department D E P T. Um they're they're amazing. Um but yeah, uh you know, Hijira is definitely a, definitely a desert island yeah. disc. No right. no question. Velvet Underground third, you know, Bitches Brew. Yeah. One of those. Yeah, definitely. Uh number nine, name an artist whose output you'll consume anything they release. I would say Miles Davis, but I actually I just am not there with all that 80s stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. I know it's like it's like some some people are like, no, man, you just don't get it. I'm like, yeah, I don't get it because I just don't think there's anything to get. It sucks. But um, anything they do, an artist, I it's probably Joni Mitchell. I mean, even though there's some 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 dicey uh, waters in there. I'll st- I'll still you know I'm I'm still scratching away at like some of those um, yeah. kind of Geffen era like Wild Things Run Fast kind of albums that are not quite as um pleasing to me yeah but but I yeah I'll listen to anything and everything that she uh, has anything to do with. Uh, whether it's like whether she sang backups on it i've got this playlist going like every time i read about something or hear something that she has any kind of like fingerprint on i just like i have this like master like joni uh playlist yeah i haven't um i haven't been able to do the whole thing yet but did you see the uh elton john joni mitchell interview did you catch any of that no i haven't yet yeah, I gotta, um, I, I gotta catch up on that. Yeah, me too. Um, the tenth and final one. Uh, what is your favorite John of all time? It can be anything you <laughs> want it to be. I mean, uh, I'm. This is pretty. Might sound. I'm just gonna go with the first thought that came to my mind. Yes, yeah. but I'll just say life. You know what I mean? Like what a what a what a great, wonderful, weird, fun thing this is that we are doing i love it yeah that's perfect so uh moving forward you got the the uh the solo album in in april uh anything any other um projects you're working on uh with anybody else um not at the moment i'm just you know home for a little little break from from touring and looking forward to to getting back at it with the drugs in the new year and um yeah lots of you know lots of fun kind of setup and stuff for my record and and then um yeah just just keep keeping on going with the flow and you know just kind of staying open to things you know yeah, I I know you said uh, you kind of avoid the the socials and all, but so when the album comes out, are, are there socials set up where people can track down your uh, stuff? 
I mean, I'm going to have to do something. I mean, I still have my Instagram account. I just haven't opened it in four years. But yeah, I'll do, I, I know I got to do something. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. I, right. I can't believe I can't believe that like you know now would be the time I'm gonna be like, hey, I'm gonna get on Twitter. Hey guys, yeah. have you heard about Twitter? So cool! <laughs> wow, this is so great. <laughs> you know that would be that would be mental. Grand so opening, grand closing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll be the last in, uh, last out. I don't it's, know. It's um, awesome. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll figure something out. I'll get it. I'll get that's that cool. There. Well, Charlie, thank you so much for taking this time today, and thank you not just for you know talking to me, but also everything you do and everything you create. And and thank like you. I said, this Christmas album is absolutely stellar. So you um, deserve all the props in the world for for your part you played in that. Um, anything Thanks. you would like to leave these folks with? Any thoughts? Well, any thoughts? I feel like I've been running my mouth for an hour. My thanks again to Charlie for joining me on the show today. A Philly Special Christmas will be available streaming on December 23rd. Visit phillyspecialchristmas.com and at a Philly Special Christmas on Instagram for more info. You can find the mini-documentary on the making of the album on YouTube and be on the lookout for Charlie's solo album coming this spring. His band The War on Drugs will be performing December 19th, 20th, and 21st at Johnny Brenda's for their A Drug Sember to Remember event benefiting the school district of Philadelphia. Tickets for that are sold out. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe to the Yo That's My John podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you're still trying to commit one last deed to get yourself onto Santa's nice list, it is never too late to earn a super awesome John Scout merit badge for citizenship of the world just by rating and reviewing us. That should do the trick. Don't forget to visit www.yothatsmyjohn.com for articles, merchandise, and links to all of the previous episodes of this podcast. And while you are there, be sure to sign up for the mailing list to get all of the updates delivered straight to your inbox. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash yothatsmyjohn for updates and live streams. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Yo That's My John and search Yo That's My John on YouTube to find the Yo That's My John YouTube channel. Like and subscribe the heck out of that ish. We want to hear from you. Reach out, reach out, and touch some John. Happy holidays, folks. This may be the last episode of the year. There's a slight possibility I drop a recap episode next week, but let's be honest, it's doubtful. You can always join me, though, for my annual ukulele Christmas sing-along on Facebook this week if you're so inclined. We're looking to do it this coming Friday, so check the social media channels for times. But that's all I got for you now. Blue skies. Until next time, everybody. Hey, yo, displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure. Your taste in music doesn't have to be... Yo, That's My John is a Lonely Monk production written and produced by yours truly, Nate Runkle. Theme song by Phil Tyler Music featuring Nate 3.0. Special thanks to Fox Run Brands, DX Ferris, Andrew Scott, Natalie Runkle, and the incredibly brilliant and wickedly stunning Katie Daubney. If you or anyone you know has any ideas they would like to share or any guests they would like to hear on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to us at yo that's my john at gmail.com. 
Or you can leave an audio message for us and possibly hear yourself on a future episode by visiting anchor.fm slash YTMJ slash message. Until next time, be sure to displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure and shout to the world, yo, that's my John. <laughs>